the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, October the 12th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on October 12, 2000, 17 sailors were killed in a suicide bomb attack on destroyer USS Cole in Yemen. Today in 1792, the first recorded U.S. celebration of Columbus Day was held to mark the tricentennial of Christopher Columbus's landing. Today, in 1942, Attorney General Francis Biddle announced during a Columbus Day celebration at Carnegie Hall in New York that Italian nationals in the United States were no longer to be considered as enemy aliens. As you know, Italy was on the other side in World War II. They aligned with Hitler. Today, in 1973, President Richard Nixon nominated House Minority Leader Gerald Ford of Michigan to succeed Spiro Agnew, Spiro had some problems, you may recall, to succeed him as vice president. Today in 1984, uh, British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher escaped an attempt on her life when an Irish Republican Army bomb exploded at a hotel in Brighton, England, killed five people. And today in 1997, uh, singer John Denver, he was killed in a crash had a privately built aircraft in Monterey Bay, California. Uh, I guess he himself had built it. Anyway, it crashed. He was killed today in 1997. Today in 2007, former Vice President Al Gore and the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, they won the Nobel Peace Prize for sounding the alarm over, over global warming. As I recall, they were telling us back in those days that uh, in an inconvenient truth that we would not last another 10 years. Well, here we are, and the earth is not melting, and they are continuing to shout it from the rooftops. Climate change. The world is going to burn up. Well, that's there's a part of what they're saying is true. It will but not the way they're telling the story. God tells it a different way. Heaven and earth is actually going to pass away. God's word will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, according to God. And I'm going to go with God rather than Al Gore, I can tell you for sure. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And in Romans, Paul wrote these well-known words, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That is the word of the Lord. It's for you today. You can take that and God will speak to your heart through that, through his word. I'm sure he speaks to my heart every day.
I read an article this morning, earlier, nearly 3,400 nurses and other workers at Kaiser Permanente in Oregon and southwest Washington have voted 96% in favor of authorizing a strike. That, on top of all of the COVID mess, they've got a bunch of hospitals, I don't know how many, but a lot, and um, on top of the COVID issues, now we have this for those affected in those areas. And Kaiser is also facing a vaccine mandate, as are all other institutions now. The health system has placed about 190 people, I read, on administrative leave because they, they're not vaccinated. So they're out. Now 3,400 nurses may be out as well on strike. So much chaos in our world today. President Joe Biden and his Department of Commerce and Labor and Transportation, they have failed, miserably failed, to solve the supply chain crisis that's mounting. There are ships, dozens, perhaps hundreds of ships sitting offshore in America, Los Angeles and on the East Coast as well, waiting to unload products for America. They're parked out there. It looks like a parking lot for miles off the coast because there aren't enough people, laborers, truck drivers, etc., to take this stuff that America wants to buy and take it off those big containers and put it in on store shelves. And this morning, it, it was stunning but not surprising to me. CNN and other news organizations, CNN seemed to be leading the parade, are blaming all of it on COVID. Not a word about the dysfunction of this administration, but it is at the feet of this administration. I've been reading a lot about this, and I'm convinced that it is the decisions that they have made, Pete Buttigieg in particular, who ha- who knows nothing about commerce, labor, and transportation, except maybe his husband drives the car for them. I don't know. He doesn't know anything about this. Nothing. He was a smaller town mayor, and he ran for president. And he's married to a man, so that made him somehow, I don't know, it was Biden's first choice. That's so frustrating to me. Why can't we at least consider merit and ability in making these decisions for government? Biden doesn't even, and Obama was kind of that way, but he was a little better spoken than Biden, I mean, obviously. But Biden doesn't even veil the fact that, well, I'm choosing this person because they're bisexual. This is the first bisexual. Everybody cheer. I don't mean to sound cynical, but I'm getting weary of this. I think a lot of you are as well. I think God is getting weary of it as well. If I know God, and I believe I do, I know him personally through his son, Jesus Christ, and I've read his word, and I've talked about it my whole life. I think God's getting weary of it as well. But anyway, he's made a lot of bad choices in people and in policy. And now we've got these boats sitting off out here. Sure, the coronavirus has something to do with it. It affected every part of life. But smart people would have figured out how to get around that, how to get those boats docked to get that stuff off off the boats. Not only Donald Trump, he could have, but there's a lot of people out there. There might even be a Democrat that could have solved some of these problems. I don't know. But Joe Biden certainly isn't 
that person. But CNN is reporting. They're saying that shoppers should expect, should never again expect to shop like before times. They put it in quotes, meaning before coronavirus. They highlight that manufacturers are warning everybody of limited food supplies and on and on and on. They're trying to gin up. I mean, there there probably is going to be shortage, but they're trying to gin up a lot of um, controversy, a lot of angst, a lot of fear, because the left controls people in times of fear. That's why the Bible is very clear. It says God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given us love and a sound mind. And he's called us to be informed, not to be led by these people. Do not let them lead you emotionally or otherwise. That isn't the will of the Lord for us. I got a uh, report from Rasmussen 15 minutes ago, just before we came on the air here live at 9 a.m. this morning. And um, they just published it, just like I said, 15 minutes ago. It says, uh, Rasmussen, more than 18 months into the COVID-19 pandemic, the U.S. government's leading expert on the virus has lost credibility. And a plurality of Americans now have a negative opinion of Dr. Anthony Fauci. The survey found that 41% of American adults have a favorable impression of Fauci, Dr. Fauci, down from 44% in August, 45% have an unfavorable impression of Fauci up from 42 who had a negative impression of him in August. 13% are still not sure, but they're thinking about it. I want to talk to you a little bit about Catholicism today. No, I'm not a Catholic. As many of you know, I'm an evangelical. And I, uh, but the Catholics, there are, there's a split in the Catholic Church, for sure, of thinking, and it's becoming more and more prominent. President Joe Biden, of course, touts himself as a very devout Catholic. There are many, a growing number of people in the Catholic Church who say, no, you're not, including some of the leaders in the Catholic Church. Nancy Pelosi would be a shadow, a reflection of Joe Biden. She, too, is considers herself and identifies herself as a as a devout Catholic, and she um, does not live by the teaching of her church. And there are those leaders that are calling her out now, and their voice is growing in volume because more and more voices are joining that call. On Saturday, two quote-unquote devout Catholics met. They had a private meeting in Rome. Nancy Pelosi and the Pope. They had a handshake. They had some, um, I don't know if they hugged, but they had some really good times. Nancy and her husband went to Rome and met with the Pope. Photos and videos show Pelosi and her husband being warmly greeted by the Pope in his private residence. It wasn't just a formal meeting. No, it was very personal. This meeting will be followed by a private meeting between the Pope and President Biden, another far-left but quote-unquote devout Catholic, at the White House later this month. Maybe Halloween, I don't know, but later this month. While the Pope shares many far-left views with Pelosi and with Biden, I think they disagree profoundly on abortion. He talks about it a lot, and so do they. 
but they're certainly not saying the same thing. The sanctity of life seems to be a dividing factor here. They also agree, disagree on socialism, apparently. I want to take a brief look at how Pelosi's, she and her husband, have amassed a fortune as she has worked as a public servant. Yes, he's worked in real estate, but it's extraordinary, the wealth they have accumulated, particularly in the last two years. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. The Archbishop of Pelosi, San Francisco, Salvador I think his name is Cordy DeLone or something like that. But anyway, he's wondering why the Pope gives such special treatment to those who blatantly disagree with the church's, church's teaching. And he's a leader. Many other Catholics are wondering the same thing. Yesterday, Jeff um, Crow wrote an a article. He himself is a very concerned Catholic, a conservative, He published this article. It's titled Pelosi and the Pope. No wonder Catholicism is in crisis. He shows photos and videos and all that's available. It's out there on the Internet now. Pelosi and her husband being warmly greeted by the Pope in his personal residence. They're sitting and chatting. The Hill, which is kind of a moderate, middle-of-the-road kind of news organization, but they're widely read. They put on social media yesterday, Pope Francis welcomes Speaker of the House Representative Nancy Pelosi to the Vatican and shows Nancy coming in and the Pope meeting in his private residence there. And Despite Nancy's radical support for abortion and recent questions about her wealth, how she and her husband acquired a net worth of $315 million by 2020 with a shocking increase of $200 million in the last two years, she and the socialist-leaning Pope seem to share a very close bond. Nancy posted herself on social media. She said, it was a spiritual, personal, and official honor to have an audience with His Holiness Pope Francis this morning. Now, let me break down three words there. One, spiritual. Of course, it would be spiritual because she and the Pope are one even though they apparently don't agree on the sanctity of life. It was personal. It was very gratifying to her. I understand that. And official. The official honor part of her statement means you paid for the trip. And I paid, we taxpayers paid for the trip. Not she and her husband, Paul. On Saturday, the Pope gave a speech to the world, urging, she was there, of course, urging a change of direction that will require great wisdom, foresight, concern for the common good. In a word, what he was saying is the fundamental virtues of good politics. He is quite political, as you may have noticed. Pelosi praised the Pope as soon as he finished with his powerful, I'm quoting her, powerful challenge to global community to act decisively on climate crisis with special attention to the most vulnerable communities. That has to do with the redistribution of the world's wealth, taking away from those who have it and giving it to those who don't under the guise of climate crisis. The San Francisco Archbishop, this Cordelion, he has been very outspoken about this. I've been following him. And he's also very outspoken about the obvious double standard regarding the power, the powerful who stand against the church's teaching on abortion. Here's what uh, this Creole wrote. 
In his article yesterday, he said, while the Pope shares many liberal political views with both Pelosi and Biden, he is pro-life and opposes their staunch support of abortion. Since there is such disagreement on a teaching so vital, many Catholics wonder why Pelosi, Biden, and other liberal Democrats, such as former Senator John Kerry, continue to be given such special treatment by the Pope and are allowed to receive communion in their local parishes. He says in his article, he says he talks much about the global crisis of the Catholic Church. He talks about the sex abuse case. He is a Catholic. He is very concerned, sincerely so. I've read some of his other articles. He's um, I, he, he isn't vicious. He's just calling it what it is, and he's turning on the lights. And he's pretty well known. He has a radio program, this guy, in the southwest or southeast part of the United States. I'm not sure where else he's on the radio, but he writes articles and um, he's very, very concerned about the state of his church. He was apparently born and raised Catholic, and, and he cares about it. He's very, very conservative in his beliefs politically and apparently biblically as far as the Catholic Church's teaching is concerned. So you may want to read his entire article. I wrote an article about this today, and I, I quote him in it, and I put a, um, a link to the article he wrote, and there's a lot of information, especially if you're a Catholic person and you're conservative and you're a little concerned about your church and all. You might want to read that. You can access that through our our website and, and the article I wrote today. That's part of it. I'm going to move on now. But you can see and read the rest of that at faithandfreedom.us. Just go there. If you go there today, the article I'm talking about will pop up and you can just scroll down and find that article. And it's linked, as I said. You can read it. But the Pope and Pelosi agree on a lot. Open borders, so-called climate crisis. Certainly they agree on globalism and socialism over capitalism. But on that issue, where Pelosi is concerned, and I suspect President Biden as well, they only prefer socialism over capitalism when it has to do with the but not with me. They're pretty selective in their spiritual values. Fox News host Jesse Waters, he got onto this. I don't know if Jesse is a Protestant or a Catholic or what he is, but I watch him from time to time on Fox. He came up yesterday, I think it was yesterday, yeah, he, he came up with this uh, a kind of a larger part of his program. It was a segment, but it was pretty, pretty much a part of a big part of his program. He's on for an hour. I think it's weekly, maybe daily on Fox. But anyway, he was talking about Pelosi's policies and he was saying that, or uh, Biden's policies with Pelosi's support, saying that it's making it, quote, harder and harder for average Americans to accumulate wealth, shackling them with taxes and destroying the dollar with reckless spending. Well, I think we all could agree with that. We've seen that. We're seeing it. But Pelosi's policies apparently only apply to others, not to her. Much like her selective Christian beliefs, that was end of quote. This is me now, not not Jesse Waters. But the current salary of the Speaker of the House sits at a low six-figure number, which is great. It's a lot of money. But up against what she and her husband have accumulated, and again, I believe in capitalism. If people are making money, God bless them. That's how the ministries of the world, the gospel moves forward with people who can support it and make it happen financially. That's an important part of the work of the Lord on this earth. 
I mean, I'm I'm a capitalist. Jesus taught capitalism for sure in the parable of the talents. There's no question about that in my mind. I've talked about that a number of times on this program. But wow, is Pelosi and her husband that smart to make hundreds of millions of dollars in a matter of months? Anyway, Waters was all over this because he's not he's not uh, missing it, and he wants other people to know about it. After she and her husband Paul, Nancy, Paul, were married, Paul opened a real estate <coughs> a venture capital firm. Through his connections, back in 1987, he pushed Nancy into the political world. He helped her get elected to Congress from California, their home. Waters notes that the couple has, over the years, timed the market perfectly. Well, Nancy's been an insider in Congress, the Pelosi seemed to have perfect timing on every investment. Waters was smiling when he said that. So am I. Now they own several pieces of real estate, including a mansion in Napa Valley. It's valued at $25 million, a D.C. waterfront condo just for when she's working for the people, the public as a public servant. It's oh, it's worth over $2 million. And they have a red brick mansion in California's Pacific Heights. And I don't know what that's worth, but it's millions. Paul owns some commercial properties in San Francisco worth about $50 million. Okay, he bought real estate. It appreciates. That's good. I mean, great. But in 2018, the Pelosi's wealth had skyrocketed to a net worth of over $114 million. They had done well over the years. However, in 2019, Pelosi's assets totaled $271 million. One year. And in 2020, their net worth went up to $315 million. Brilliant people in the right place at the right time. Well, maybe. But in 2007, Visa worried that the new Democrat Congress would target their swipe fees. Every time you use your Visa card, they get a, a few cents, as you know. The swipe fees, costing them, Visa, billions of dollars. So they hired a team of lobbyists who descended on the Speaker of the House. In fact, Visa's CEO met personally, kind of like the Pope, but personally with Nancy. She got a big donation from them. Then and that's all of this is verified. Then suddenly, Paul Pelosi got a phone call from his stockbroker. He said, man, you're in luck. He said, I just got a call from Visa and he, the CEO. And he says that we're going, they're going to be able to offer you some pre-screened, a pre-screened invite to get an early uh, buy on Visa's $18 billion IPO, their initial uh, stock offering. Well, Nancy and her husband never blinked. It never even considered any kind of a conflict of interest. They bought between $1 million and $5 million worth of Visa stock. While Pelosi was speaker, she blocked bills, all of this is verified, that would have hurt Visa stock price, driving Visa's stock price up 200% during that period, making the Pelosi's a fortune, at least on paper. In January, the Pelosi's got a million dollars worth of Tesla stock right before Joe Biden announced his electric car initiatives in June. The Pelosi family, Waters says, cashed in big time just before Congress was set to pounce on big tech. 
Mr. Pelosi exercised options, stock options, on Google's parenthood company, Alphabet, made $5.3 million. In March, Paul Pelosi exercised $2 million worth of Microsoft options, stock options, just two weeks before the tech giant, good old Seattle's own Microsoft, got a $22 billion contract from the government. Oh, no. Yes, it's true. To equip the U.S. Army with high-tech headsets. Nancy, of course, was part of that decision-making process. The couple has timed the market perfectly over the years. People are beginning to ask, even people who would normally support Nancy Pelosi and her cockamamie views. They're starting to ask, what's going on here? The Pelosi's have never been indicted, and as far as I can tell, there's no charges, formal charges against them, but even some journalists are starting to ask about Pelosi's policies. In fact, one asked here not long ago, and she, he, Pelosi just shut him down, like, shut up and go to your room. It was perfect timing every time on their stock deals. It is creating a lot of suspicion. Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden pride themselves as being devout, devout Catholics. But what is devout about selectively following certain politically acceptable policy, policies and principles? Well, denying others, like the sanctity of life, as null and void. The Pope knows better than that. And so should Nancy and husband Paul. But they're acting as though they don't know the difference. Our third president, Thomas Jefferson, who was the primary drafter of the Declaration of Independence, said, once a republic is corrupted, there is no possibility of remedying any of the growing evils but by removing the corruption and restoring its lost principles. Every other correction is either useless or a new evil. How can we remove this kind of corruption in our government and restore our lost principles, the principles that Jefferson and Washington and Franklin and all these guys put together? They gave it a lot of thought and prayer. It's well documented. They prayed every day when they were writing our Constitution because they couldn't get together on it. Well, Jefferson sort of answered the question of what we should do, how do we, we uh, remove the corruption and the lost principles. Jefferson also said this. He said, who will govern the governors? There's only one force in the nation that can be depended upon to keep government pure and the gov governors honest, and that's the people themselves. They alone, if well-informed, are capable of preventing the corruption of power and restoring the nation to its rightful course if it should go astray. They alone... Jefferson says, are the safest depository of the ultimate powers of government. Well, that's true. But how do we, I mean, when these people have their hands around the throat of freedom and liberty, how do we get free of that? James Madison, our fourth president, a founding father, he was one of the bunch that started this country. He said, we have staked the whole future of American civilization, not on the power of government, far from it. We have staked the whole of our political institutions upon the capacity of mankind for self-government, upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves according to the commandments of God. The future success of America, James Madison, the future success of America is not this Constitution that he had helped write, but in the laws of God upon which this Constitution is founded. We must return to God.
to be saved. Thank you for being with me today, and thank you for your support. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.